here we are. Another week, another podcast. Um, as I sat there late last night, watching my beloved Niners lose in miserable and horrifying, embarrassing fashion, 11 to 10, to arch nemesis Russell Wilson and the Broncos, losing to Wilson yet again. As I sat there, as the game ended, I thought to myself, what have I done in my life to deserve this? Is it always going to be this way? It sure feels like it sometimes. It's, it's very difficult being a Niners fan. And it's really been a trying times for years now, but especially this past year. Um, and I said, I don't think I can ever, I don't think I'll ever be able to do this show again. But I've recovered, uh, you know, somewhat. And um, here we are, we're doing the show. So welcome to Late Night Niners. All right, it's episode four of the show. We're coming off week three. Uh, horrifying, depressing, pathetic, embarrassing loss. I'm angry. I'm sad. Um, some good things to take away, mostly on one side of the ball. And um, a lot of things to be disappointed in. Um, especially our record says one and two. Very disappointing, especially the way Denver was looking coming into this game and the way they played. It was a game wide open for the taking. It was right there. I can't believe we're one and two. It's it's tough. Um, I feel like I say it's tough a lot on this show. Um, but yeah, I'm saying it again. So yeah, one of the worst losses I can remember in terms of just a you know a regular season game. Uh, I haven't felt that bad or awful after a regular season loss, typically to this extent. Um, I mean, there's been some heartbreakers and, you know, discouraging things, but this one just let it left a, it left a hard mark. Um, it took me well into today to recover uh, mentally and emotionally from it. I still am not all the way there, but I feel like this happens, you know, as a Niners fan, you just, you get, you get used to it. Um, new and creative losses and, and ways it happens. And just, you can't believe it. Uh, I mean, in the middle of that game, third, fourth quarter, I knew we were losing. Sent, you know, a dozen texts to, to friends, fellow Niners fans, uh, and just a group chat. All I, I, we're going to lose this game. I know we are. We do it every seen this movie. We're going to lose this game. And I hate that I was right, but. Just a really frustrating, tough loss. Um, round one of this 15-round heavyweight fight definitely goes to the Jimmy haters. You can't sugarcoat it. He played awful. 
He was terrible. There's no way, way around it. Um, yeah, he made a few good plays. Barely. He just didn't look comfortable. Inaccurate, which is usually what, you know, he does well. Happy feet. Holding onto the ball too long. Not making a quick read. Throwing in a double coverage. Can't handle the snap. And then the cherry on top is stepping out of the end zone. Like Dan Orlovsky for the Lions all those years ago. I mean, it's it's absolutely, it's fucking embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing as a fan of the 49ers. It is. It is embarrassing. It's a mark that gets left. It's burned into my brain, and I don't think it will ever go away. It's not something that you can shed. It's just that's part of him now. He's he's a guy who stepped out of the end zone on a regular drop back for a safety. In a pretty big part of the game when field position was important and, you know, defense was balling as they did the whole game. Um, you know, it's just critical. Any points giving up, you know, you give up points and possession on safety. Uh, you know, that's on the low light reel. That's on the all-time low light reel. The Broncos and Niners ever play each other again. That'll get shown every time, no matter what, decades from now. It's just going to happen. They mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be part of his, it's part of the deal now. That's part of him, stepping out of the end zone. And I don't want to just sit here and say, talk about the safety. It's just one play, right? Well, it's fucking embarrassing. I was embarrassed. It hurt me personally a lot. I'm sure it hurt all the other Niners fans. You know, you kind of just put your hand over your face and you're like, did that really happen? I can't believe that. I don't want to be associated with that. Well, we are now, and so is Jimmy, unfortunately. And it just so happens, you know, it's fine if that happens in a game that you win or, you know, or you know, you're up by 30 or something. Ah, fun, fun, fun. Kind of like Miami yesterday had the butt punt. The puncher punted it directly back uh, into the guy's uh, into the guy's bottom to his high knee and it was a safety but Miami wins the game they don't end up losing at the end even though maybe they should have but they don't end up losing that game uh, so you can all laugh about it and it's funny it's not funny when you lose by one and you got a safety um, so round one Jimmy haters you got me on this one We'll get into why maybe Jimmy played so bad, and we'll get into a deep dive on on Jimmy playing bad. Um, I'm not going to sit here and just defend him to death, you know, for this game at least. I'll defend him in the general scope of Jimmy's season. I still believe in. He's still done enough in the past to, for this doesn't just change, you know, my feelings on Jimmy. I'm not just suddenly done with him because of one bad game. I still love Jimmy. I still appreciate everything he's done. And hopefully I appreciate what he's going to do for us the rest of this year. But, you know, Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles, no, he played bad that game. Okay. Uh, It's just, it's the worst game I've ever seen him play. And I've watched probably, you know, maybe one or two I've missed when they've been really bad early on in his career with the Niners. But I've seen pretty much every snap the guy's taken uh, for the team. It's the worst game he's ever played. And. Denver's defense was great. Uh, they got some guys. Um, they got a good unit. They were connected. They played well 
Um, but that's no excuse. He, he's the worst I've ever seen him play. It was, uh, I couldn't believe it, quite frankly. He looked completely lost the majority of the game. Right here. Yeah, just let's just have a freeze frame here. I just, I'm just going to leave it up for a bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, I desperately wish that hadn't happened. It's, it's, it sucks. Um, it's, you know, very memeable too. I've seen it. It's pretty much, you know, it's a hot topic today. So weekly Twitter recap, you know, I like to go to war with these guys on Twitter. Um, a lot of hot takes, a lot of dumb takes. There's plenty of good ones too, but I mean, some, some out of left field ones. So let's have a little recap here. Uh, first of all, after the game, they caught Jimmy on camera, uh, smiling. Here it is. Smiling. Yeah. So a lot of you guys say, oh, well, what an asshole. This guy, we got to get rid of him. He's smiling after the game. Who's smiling after the last? That guy, Fleming, played in New England with him, and apparently they're really good friends. NFL players have a habit of finishing the game and going up to their old buddies and having a quick chat. Maybe Fleming made a really funny, good joke. Maybe he had a really good joke. I mean, let's, let's, I wish people would just calm down. Yeah, it, it sucks to see him smiling after such a horrific performance and a horrific loss and a tough loss. I highly doubt the guy's pleased with his performance and with the loss. We know he's a competitor. We know he wants to win. Um, so let's please not make a big deal or any deal out of his sm smiling to his friend he used to play with on New England. Uh, ridiculous take. Um, the other one I liked, which was mostly a joke, but I'm not sure if it was for everybody, that George Kittle was intensely sitting out. Uh, and now once Lance got hurt and Jimmy's back, he decided to play. I don't think Kittle's that kind of guy. I'm not even going to address that further. Um, that's just a ridiculous take. Football players like to play football. And, um, you know, I'm not even sure the guy gets paid if he doesn't play. I'm not sure quite how that works. But I, I know Kittle wants to play football. It just so happened his return coincided with Jimmy's first start. Um, then next was uh, – Reports that Lance, uh, his ankle break isn't as bad as Dax was. They came out came out a couple days after the first initial reports. Um, still had surgery. Still saw him with the cast and on crutches in the hospital and stuff. Hoping he has a really good, good, clean, swift recovery. But some people are saying he could return by week 17 or 18 or the first round of the playoffs and that he absolutely should start. Well, first of all, if we make the playoffs with Jimmy the whole, with, you know, the quarterback the whole time? Uh, no, we're not just going to start the guy coming off the ankle break in week one of the playoffs. Uh, and even if we're really bad, like five and 11 going into the last week of the season, no, we're not going to play uh, the quarterback. We drafted third overall, who's 22 years old. We're not going to just put him in week 18. Just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any scenario unless Jimmy, unless we're about to go to the playoffs, Jimmy gets hurt in week 17 or 18 and Lance can physically perform where he would end up being the quarterback at all this season. I, I just, it seems stupid if we're not, if it's unnecessary, um, we're definitely not going to play him. It, it's, I'm not quite sure um, what that's all about. Um, 
I just want to know who thinks that we're 12 and five or something, 11 and six going into a playoff game. And we should play the guy who's coming off the ankle break over the guy who got us to the playoffs. This is all what if scenarios, but yeah. So apparently Lance could return in four months or so. Um, I think we should look to the future with that one instead of just play him because he could maybe play. Um, anyway, and also some reports came out this week. I think it was fairly well known, but officially came out that the commanders were actually in talks to acquire Garoppolo um, in March or so, but, and the deal was basically struck. They basically struck a deal with Washington and uh, then he announced the shoulder and the intent to get the shoulder surgery and the deal went off, got canceled. Same with the Colts too. They briefly were in talks and uh, both teams decided to pivot to Matt Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, both of whom are awful, absolutely awful. So um, I really am hoping that Jimmy won't slide into that category, but uh, it was a sobering performance on Sunday night football on prime time and the lights and uh, all that jazz. Um, yeah, against Wilson, the whole thing, uh, I'm, just, I'm shaking, I'm shaking up. The whole thing is just, I'm hurt to my core. Um, so yeah, there's your Twitter roundup. I'll be sure to scroll through there and, and make sure to pick off all the, uh, things that sound ridiculous to me going forward from week to week. Um, Okay. So yeah, round one to the Jimmy haters. I can't argue. There's no argument. Um, you guys are right so far. So far, I'm 0-1. Luckily, they play a lot more games. Um, it leads into this. Yeah, it's an awful loss. Yeah, we're 1-2. and two. Yeah, it kind of feels like we could easily be 3-0. and oh, And our competition hasn't necessarily been awesome. Um, so it's just, it's, it's an awful spot. You know, one and two, it's, it's just doesn't feel like this team is, is the quality of a one and two team. It feels like we should be two and one for sure. Um, either the bears game or this game, we should have gotten stole one of those. Um, but we can't panic yet as much as, you know, the initial reaction as, as, you know, as the final seconds tick off that clock is, oh my God, what a disaster. What a nightmare. What a horror season's over. I hate this team. Fuck. You know, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I just can't do it. It's only been three weeks. Um, got a huge game with the Rams coming up. You know, the division two, the Rams are two and one. Everyone else is one and two. So, you know, it's not like we're, no one's three. No, we're not zero and three. You know, we're still well within striking distance beat the Rams this Monday night, another primetime game for Jimmy. We need, come on, man, please. Uh, beat the Rams. Suddenly you're two and two tied for the division lead. And you got the tiebreaker on Seattle and the Rams already early on in the year. So there's still positives to be taken here. Also the NFC wide open, wide open. Eagles are three and oh, no one else has three wins. Uh, I don't believe. No one's three. Uh, no one's zero and three. Um, just so everyone's one and two or two and one, basically. So the whole thing is just football's been crazy this year so far. Um, it's been tons of upsets, underdogs winning. You know, 
I'm in a survivor pool that's just absolutely ravaged. No one can pick a game right. Um, it's been a wild year so far. So, yeah. So, I mean, all that leads me to feel optimistic that, you know, we don't really know who exactly is good yet. We don't know uh, who's bad. And it's NFC's wide open. I don't feel like there's too many extremely strong teams uh, or extremely weak teams. So it's it's a lot of fun. So you got to be positive about this. Uh, I'm not excusing Jimmy's play at all. It was awful. Um, but he needs reps. Uh, you know, he didn't practice with the team at all this offseason. Got no preseason work at all uh, in game or on the practice field. You know, they had him off on the side field doing his stuff. Um, so I know he's run this offense before. I know he knows these guys, but, you know, not too much real game experience at all this year. Coming off surgeries, um, you haven't really played a meaningful snap of football uh, from January to, you know, last week. Um, so he needs to get reorganized. He needs to get, uh, you know, he needs to reintroduce himself to the offense, uh, the playbook, you know, get his shit together. Um I think he's going to be fine. You know, he's going to be back to normal, Jimmy. Um, but that was discouraging, no doubt. Which leads me into this. Uh, a man who didn't help Jimmy much at all this week. Kyle Shanahan. Or as my Niners uh, fellow fan and friend, likes to call him conserva hand, which, uh, you know, we were talking, I was like, this guy's really conservative. And then a few days later, he's like, we should call him conserva hand. I was like, that's awesome. So for now, until he changes his ways, I'm calling him conserva hand. Um, just a vanilla, vanilla play calling predictable, uh, all game. Just, you know, he runs the same seven plays. It's, you know, it feels like it, at least. I mean, it's like run to the left, run to the right. Quick crossing patterns, quick slant, get the ball out quick. Uh, run to Debo. They're stacking. Whenever Debo lines up in the backfield, they stack the box eight or nine deep because, you know, they're throwing, they're canning the ball off to him. It's pretty clear. Um, run the quick little bubble screen that, you know, gets blown up because teams know it's coming now or because Jimmy overthrows it. Um, it just got so stagnant. I mean, there was no creativity. There's no trick plays. I haven't seen much at all this year. We ran a few. We ran a bunch uh, in 2019, 2021, uh, you know, sometimes last year. You know, there's a lot of play action, a lot of, you know, I'd like to see Jimmy in the in the shotgun doing that little read option. Not that he's going to keep it to run, but, you know, a little RPO thing. Um, we've gotten away from that a lot. I think Shanahan's just really stubborn with how he's, he doesn't trust his personnel necessarily. He trusts, he trusts his process. He trusts his system, but when it's not working, he doesn't, he doesn't switch it up. He doesn't change it. We had so many opportunities, you know, we we're up seven to three, the majority of that game. We had so many opportunities, even when we we're up seven to five after the safety, we had so many opportunities to just put that game away with one more score. I swear one more score would have done it. We went up two scores in that game. Tell me how they're going to score twice the way our defense played. And we just didn't do it. I mean, Kyle just not creative enough. Uh, 
you know, my friend sent me a funny picture that just had a you know, halfback dive up the middle as, as what he was drawing up. Just, it seemed like it. I mean, we just ran this one yard, two yard gain run up the middle or sometimes lose a yard or two just ineffective run game. Never got going other than two big runs. The run game was miserable. Absolutely miserable. Um, you know, and then these same routes, these same plays. Uh, defenses know they're coming. Defenses aren't respecting a deep ball because he knows they know that Shanahan is not going to call it. Not going to trust Jimmy, not going to, you know, they know he's calling these, these plays, that he's being conservative and they're, it was evident. Um, they were all over everything. Um, so I'm not saying Jimmy gets bailed out by Kyle Shanahan being, you know, calling a really bad game, but I'm saying it didn't help. He contributed to the problem, to the, to the problem in this game. Um, lack of creativity. Um, he's just willing to lean on the defense so hard that eventually it, the defense broke. Um, and yeah, I, you know, any, anyone wants to say defense blew the game at the end? Give me, give me a break. Yeah, we let them do a drive at the end, but it's Russell Wilson. First of all, he always does that at the end, and second of all, when you stop them a million times and then let them score once, it's you. It's not your fault. I don't care what time it is in the game. It's it happens. It wasn't like we allowed a fluky big big play either. It was just a really slow. It was just, you know, sustained drive by the Broncos at the end um, with third down conversions and Russell made a couple plays. You know, we didn't really do anything wrong. We forced a fumble on Melvin Gordon. They recovered on that drive too. You know, that was unlucky for us. We forced a fumble. We couldn't pick it up. So you want to say the defense had anything to do with that? Yeah, you give me a break. That's just not accurate at all. Um, Jimmy and Kyle combined to lose this game big time. Um so Shanahan, offensive guru, genius, you know, everyone loves, everyone says it to death. I, last week I said I was tired of it, appearing that constantly, and I still am right now. Um, dug up a nice stat here. Last 14 seasons since 2008, Kyle Shanahan has been the offensive coordinator or the head coach of a team all 14 years. And only four out of those 14 years has his offense in points scored been top 10? Only four times. Uh, first, second, fourth, and 10th in those 14 years. Other than that, it's it's typically in the 20s um, or the high teens. So is that offensive guru? I don't know. I don't think so. Got a comment here from Deborah Maxwell. Thanks, Deborah. Um, Purdy's the right choice now. Well, I respect your opinion, but um, it's it's not the correct opinion. Um, we have a veteran here with many wins under his belt, many big games. He played one bad game. You know, he's played many bad games, but played one particularly, particularly really bad game. You can't just full panic and bring in the rookie who hasn't looked good in preseason and doesn't hasn't played an NFL snap in the regular season in his career. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we can't overreact to one game. Uh, I know we, it's, it's tempting to, and it's just such a bad performance and so ugly and so painful that you're like, your instincts are like, you got to cut, 
you know, cut the the parachute here, just snip and bring in pretty. No, I'm sorry. Um, thank you for your input, though. Um, yeah, so Kyle, four out of 14 years, or 10 out of the 14 years he's been an offensive coordinator, head coach, uh, hasn't finished in the top 10 points scored the team he's been running. Um, that's not very good. This guy's a mediocre coach. He's a regular coach. He's fine for the NFL. But I'm sick of hearing he's an awesome coach. He's an offensive genius. Yeah, he hasn't had a ton to work with over his career, you know, quarterback-wise. But still, I mean, anybody watched that game last night? He had a mental block on calling plays. Um, yeah. Let's get to a little injury report here. And more good news from Niner World. <clears throat> uh, Trent Williams, high ankle sprain, four to six weeks. That's really good. The best left tackle in the NFL consensus for like, you know, half a decade. Is now out for four to six weeks. The guy does have unfortunate injury issues from time to time. You know, it's just awful. Um, for him and for our outlook and for the team. Uh, the offensive line last night was just really bad. Um, couldn't get anything going uh, in terms of run blocking. And the pass pro was mediocre at best. It just didn't hold up uh, a ton. We gave it four sacks. Uh, you know, some of it's Jimmy's fault, but didn't really give him time a lot. And, you know, you can't, they couldn't create any holes, you know, running the ball. Uh, Brendel, Banks, McKivitz. McGlinchey was bad again last last night. Uh, he was great week three, great week two, bad week three. Um, so, yeah, it's just not looking promising on the O-line. Uh, it, it's bad. They had a ton of offensive penalties on the O-line. Uh, it's in shambles, as a good friend of mine likes to say. Yeah, echoing my point here Yeah, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, no reps. Needs to uh, needs to get some more practice in. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. Again, discouraging game, but he'll be fine. Yeah, so, yeah, Trent Williams injury, no good. No good. Great player. One of the best offensive linemen in the league, if not the best. Um, pro football focus ratings always really high. So yeah, it's really bad. Um, we didn't address the, the the glaring issue that was our O line the off season. You know, we Alex Mack retired, um, Lake and Tomlinson gone to the Jets. Uh, McGlinchey looked bad kind of last year from time to time. We got no depth there really. We didn't really draft any depth. We didn't build from free agency on the offensive line, and now it's costing us. Now our best. Not really the only functional offensive lineman is out. This could get really ugly. Um, we're going to have to figure this out. I mean, Shanahan's offense is, you know, it's predicated upon running the ball with with effect, with some success, um, setting up play action, you know, getting people open because of the run, the threat of the run. And it's uh, looking awfully one-dimensional right now. It's looking like a three- to five-step drop quarterback who can only throw a slant if he can't run <laughs> 
I'm worried about this offense. I'm worried about them wasting an elite, possibly all-time defense. At least so far, it looks like it, you know? First week, they allowed 19 points, but they were all, you know, we kind of gave them those points. Next week, they allowed zero. This week, they allowed uh, nine. Because Jimmy stepped out for his safety, so don't count those two. So they allowed nine this week. Um, so, yeah, the, the defense is, is allowing, you know, less than 10 points a game. So really would hate to see that get wasted because we can't figure out offense this year. And um, it's just looking so paper thin on offense, you know. It's like Debo, Ayuk, and like pray pray for a third option. I mean, it's looking really ugly right now. And, and this O-line issues are not helping. Um, this game was marred by just turnovers by us, penalties by both teams, but sloppy play. Heard a lot of people say it's one of the ugliest games they've seen on primetime in a long, long time. And it's hard to argue with that. It was it was tough out there. Um, drop passes, uh, just mental mistakes. You know, they fumbled twice. We didn't recover either. Um, we fumbled twice, lost, uh, lost. No, we fumbled three times, lost two. We threw a pick. Uh, Could have thrown more picks. Just you know, holding on the offense constantly on both sides of the ball, just no momentum, stagnant, just, just a slog out there. I, we were joking around on the, on our little group chat. We have that, uh, it must've been pouring rain out there. Cause you know, the bears game, the monsoon in the Seattle, it, it, it rained last week. So it must be raining again. It, it's, it's gotta be just a downpour, a hurricane. It, it was that sloppy of a game where you, you wouldn't have been shocked if you saw, um, that it was in fact coming down heavily, but yeah, just, you know, some of our issues in the past rose up again, the turnovers and the penalties, the ill time mistakes just wasn't a pretty sight. They're not sending their best. Um, but yeah, can't panic. It's a long season. It was just an extraordinarily discouraging game. Okay, hang on. Bear with me here. Okay. Oh, yes, another injury that I wanted to mention. Aziz Al-Shair. He's like our third linebacker, but he plays a lot and has been very good for a couple of years. He's out eight weeks of the MCL, so... There goes some of our defensive depth. Um, it's not an irreplaceable loss. Um, I'm sure he personally is upset. Um, it's, you know, we have guys who can come in. We got uh, Flanagan Fowles off the bench, who's, who's solid. Um, but Al Shire is tough. He, he hits hard. He plays hard. He's, he's smart, decent in coverage and against the run. So it's, it's, tough, it's a tough loss for the depth. And the guys plays like, you know, 75% of the snaps. So um, eight weeks of the MCL. That's really frustrating, you know. Uh, basically, my final point I want to make about, you know, the disappointment of that game um, or, you know, how everything went so bad, how it was so ugly. and It was all it would all have been digestible. I could stomach it if we had won. 
if we had figured out a way to go down the field and get a field goal at the end there and just won 13 to 11, it's like, you know, you just wipe your forehead and go, well, we just forget about that one. It says a win next to it, next to the, you know, next to the game. It says we won the game. We didn't. Uh, so it lingers far more. You can't really ignore as much. This show would be entirely different. We kicked the field goal at the end. I'd be like, oh, well, fuck it. Who cares? It wasn't that bad a lot. It wasn't that bad a performance. We won the game. But since we lost the game, I can't help but uh, be really, really discouraged by it. Oh, yeah. One thing I wanted to cover before I get into the game recap is a lot of players the 49ers have let go in the past two years are thriving elsewhere, um, which... I don't know if that's an organizational problem or just a miscalculation, um, but it's been pretty disappointing. Um, DeForest Buckner, DJ Jones, and Kwan Williams were great for the Broncos in last night's game. Um, River Craycraft, wide receiver, now in the Dolphins, has two touchdown catches this year. We never really gave him a chance to play. Richie James Jr. filling in for the Giants as their slot receiver and playing just fine, doing good, useful player, kick, returning kicks too. And then uh, uh, Raheem Mostert looks decent for the Dolphins. Uh, I almost wish we had paid him. He wasn't asking for much. I almost wish we had paid him. Now we don't have any running back depth. Uh, Trent Sherfield was a little used receiver last year, but I always liked his game. He's doing well for Miami as well. Kendrick Bourne, who is in the Patriots' doghouse, uh, in Matt Patricia's doghouse for whatever reason. Um, he's a great player. I really think he is, but the Patriots won't let him play. Um, and uh, Dante Pettis, of course, had a touchdown. Our former wide receiver had a touchdown against us week one to kind of rub it in that we let him go. So, I mean, none of those guys are, you know, other than I'd say DeForest Buckner, our, our household names, they're not going to pop off the page, go, oh, wow, that guy's awesome. It's just, I just feel like we've mismanaged some of our uh, decisions. Uh, it's a lot of depth I just mentioned that's not really getting used. Um, well, it's getting used elsewhere. <laughs> and some good players in there for sure, so. I just, you know, as a, as a Niners fan, you notice when your former players do other things uh, for other teams. So I just thought I'd bring that up real quick. Um, oh, yeah, and another thing from the game, the punters is absolutely awesome. They had a, they had a punt day. It was an incredible performance by the punters. Two best players on the field were those punters. 17 total punts inside the 20 on 11 of them. A couple times pinned at the one for each team. Just a great job by the punters. Uh, we gave Mitch Wisnowski that four-year extension. Looks like it's paying off. Looks like hopefully we won't have to punt that much in the future. But okay, I'll throw it up there. Kendrick Bourne, he's great, but made the fat idiot angry, so he can't play. The fat idiot being offensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Um, I always thought Bourne was a great player, competitor. Um, loved him in the red zone. We never really gave him a chance to be a complete wide receiver, show his complete skill set in San Francisco. But I always could tell he had something in him. I think he's a really good player. All right, we're going to get to the game recap here. Denver 11, San Francisco 10, 60 minutes in hell. That's really, I think, the most apt way to describe what I watched last night. Um, about the sloppiest game I can remember, uh, honestly. 
other than, you know, the monsoons we have to play in every once in a while. But this one was slop sloppier because there's an excuse when you're dropping the ball when it's, you know, 40 degrees and pouring rain. Regardless, we're going to get right into this offense here. Garoppolo, the stats, you know, don't really lead you to – if you just looked at the box score without watching the game, you'd say, yes, he played okay, I guess. But you watch the game, he, he didn't play okay at all. Um, he had a QBR of like 14, which is – I don't even know how you do that. Um, that's out of 100, that scale. 14 is really bad. Um, and he wasn't clutch at all. No clutchness at all. One for 10 on third downs was was the team um, in converting. Uh, so, yeah, 18 for 29 for 211 yards and a touchdown. Threw a pick, lost a fumble, absorbed four sacks. Not his best. Um, Debo, five catches for 73 yards. He was he was involved as a wide receiver. He was our best player probably, um, on offense at least. Didn't really do anything wrong. Couldn't get anything going with his five carries. Only got six yards off those. But I feel like it's more a product of the offensive line and Kyle's predi predictive quality uh, play calling. Um, so Debo, I thought, played pretty well. Ayuk had eight targets, but only three catches for 39 yards. Did have that short touchdown. Uh, he, he was fine, you know. He just The ball just not on target a couple times. We're going to get into that. Kittle, in his return, four catches for 28 yards. For some reason, we don't like to use him. I mean, he's one of the best offensive tight ends in football, and he often puts up a stat line like this. Uh, if you go look at it, everyone thinks, you know, Kittle's awesome with all these stats and stuff. He is awesome, but the stats don't always, you know, play out um, because we don't necessarily get him involved as much as we I'd like or we need to. I think we need to really put an emphasis on making him the third receiving option because we're not deep. Jawan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod are the third and fourth receivers right now. And Debo's not your traditional go up and get it receiver. Neither is Ayuk. Don't really have like a size option. Um, we're not really, you know, threatening down the field with anybody. Uh, last year we had Travis Benjamin who could kind of do that. Um, Emmanuel Sanders two years ago who really was just a dynamic, great receiver. We're pretty thin. I mean, Ayuk and Samuel are talented, but it's – you know, they're yards after catch guys. They're not necessarily, you know, they're deep, they're deep ends, they're deep crossing routes guys. They're not necessarily, uh, you know, go deep or go up and get a jump ball guys. Um, offense could be in a lot of trouble right now. Jeff Wilson, 12 carries for 75 yards. Oh, that looks great. Oh, wow. 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, he just had, he had a 50 yard carry and then like a 20 yard carry. <laughs> and the, the rest was just, just nothing could get nothing going. Um, so other than two pop plays, you know, there wasn't much. They also lost the critical fumble to seal the deal at the end of the game for, for Denver. Um, so, yeah, the offensive stats, they look all right, I guess, on paper, but it wasn't really uh, not too much good going on there. The defense, well, the defense, what can you say? Just an incredible performance by the defense. Um just fantastic. They forced 10 punts. I mean, that's almost unheard of. You force 10 punts and you lose the game. It's really tough. Defense played so good all day. The defensive line dominated the point of attack. Um, collapsing the pocket quickly, forcing some bad throws. Um, sacks, we got four sacks. I believe Gibbons 
Hyder, Bosa, and can't recall who the fourth one was, but they each had one sack. Um, Greenlaw, who after his week one performance, which really hurt us, 10 tackles, played really well. Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley played a great, had a great performance in the secondary. The whole secondary played great, along with uh, Talanoa Hufanga, um, Deshaun Gibson. I mean, you know, 1 through 11, the defense was excellent. And um, the D-line is especially good, and it helps. We have such great def defensive line depth. We rotate players, keep them fresh. Uh, they were fantastic. Um, just bothering Wilson all day. They never established the run very well. Um, they had a couple bursts, you know, but they just never really established the run very well. Um, so, yeah, it's one of the better defensive performances I've seen in a long time. I mean, from any team almost, it just felt, you know, dominant. Um, it just, you know, and plus under the bright lights in primetime against Russell Wilson, it looks even better when they're playing that well. They were in third and long all night. Um, Wilson was bothered the whole night. We never really let him get going with his feet and scrambling, making some of those plays he makes. And the secondary was locked down, you know. There's a reason he was holding on to the ball. Uh, linebackers were also great. So not much I can say about the defense other than that. They look like an elite unit, and there's nothing except, you know, positivity. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing – I hope this, this defense can remain this dominant a unit because – that's always fun when you have a team with a great defense. You steal a bunch of wins. That would, this, that's why it's so disappointing because this is a game where you should steal this win. If your team, if your defense plays this well against an elite quarterback, you should steal this win. Broncos aren't even clicking yet. They're not, you know, they're, they don't look great either on offense. You have to steal this win. You give up 11 points, you really give up nine points. You've got to win this game. It's, it's fucking bad how well they played and to not get rewarded. And that's got to be, you know, morale, a loss of morale has to come out of that for, for everybody on the team. Um, especially these guys on defense, absolutely balling and getting a loss. Defense allowed only 261 yards total, 160 passing yards. We're yet to allow over 261 passing yards. That's the most, or 261 total yards. That's the most we've allowed so far this year. It's crazy. Only 160 passing yards. Um, 3.7 yards per play allowed. I mean, that's elite. That's really, really good. Um, we forced 10 punts, like I already mentioned. 10 punts. We forced 10 punts. I think it was five or six, three and outs. Um, we somehow lost the time of possession. <laughs> 35 to 25. We lost it by 10 minutes. You force 10 punts and you lose the time of possession? I mean, it's almost crazy. Of course, the offense with three turnovers, um, we had defense force none, which, you know, they forced two fumbles, not really their fault. Uh, we didn't recover them. It's, you know, sometimes some part of that's luck. The offense had three turnovers, two fumbles and a pick, uh, six offensive penalties really, really hurt us. Um, basically all holding or, um, or a false start, but I think mostly holding, um, we had a ton of holding penalties, um, and it's just, it's drive killers, momentum killers, and just it just wasn't clicking. And that's what happens. Make these kind of mistakes, you lose football games. You can't, you know, one side of the ball plays awesome, the other plays like shit, you lose by one. Really, really frustrating. If the offense had just played okay, we get the win, no doubt, no question. Because the defense, 
wasn't allowing anything. And they allow one drive at the end that you just you knew was coming if you watched the game long enough. You just knew it was eventually coming. You knew Wilson was eventually going to do a couple of magical plays, and he did. And they won the game. And we couldn't, we had, you know, two tries additionally to go win the game ourselves and could not do it. Which Jimmy has in the past won some games at the end. He's also lost a couple, but I expected more. And it's just a it's a crippling. It's crippling loss. Um, so I want to get into basically a breakdown of uh, you know, Jimmy's performance. I'm just going to break it down. I've got a ton of clips here. So strap in a lot of videos coming up. Um, we're going to start off early in the first quarter. It's 0 0. It's the first drive. Um, got a second and nine here. We're just basically going to be, it's basically a compilation of bad passes and bad mistakes. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Quad injury, fake to use check. Garoppolo throws, deflected and incomplete. Contested ball of Pat Sertan, the terrific. So there's a high throw that, you know, gets bad up in there, nearly intercepted. That's like the second or third throw of the game for him. Um, then the very next play, you've got this. Broncos bring forward the Garoppolo, passes deflected in the middle. DJ Jones, who came over. Now, that looks like just a deflected batted down pass. Like, oh, okay, whatever. It's batted down. What's the big deal? Why is this guy showing this on his podcast? Watch the very end of that. You'll see the two people converging on where that pass was intended, where, where it was going, I believe, to Kittle there in the middle of the field. And it's just a dog shit throw into double coverage. That's probably getting intercepted. Check it out again. Broncos bring forward. The Garoppolo pass is deflected in the middle. D. There's almost no way that doesn't get intercepted. I got to show it one more time. Broncos bring forward the Garoppolo pass is deflected. Yeah, not a good pass. Um, so, yeah, we're just getting started here, baby. That's the first drive. Um, there's two quickly, you know, bad decisions to start. Um, not confident. He does have a tendency to make those. He can make tight window throws. So, like, I get what he's doing, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, here we go. Now, this is with the score. I want to say it's seven nothing now. Yeah, this is the third or fourth drive. We already scored the touchdown. We're up seven nothing. Uh, he's got to, you know, I don't know how this isn't part of his read. How he misses this read. You got Samuel. This would be a sure touchdown if he hits him in stride. Clearly, a miscommunication by the Denver secondary. Um, no one went with Samuel. They were playing straight man there. I checked the other angle. There's no safety help over the top. That ball comes out on time and, you know, in stride, it's a touchdown. No one's catching him on that one. Instead, Jimmy, he's even looking that way when the play starts. And then he turns to his left and he makes a different read, which ends up being a short completion. But it was very, you know, I didn't really notice it watching it live, but they, they showed the replay and I was like, oh, oh God. And it's true. He's wide open. Uh, that would have made it 14 nothing. you know, ideally if that all worked out and then you know a couple plays later here we go i think the score is seven three on this one um this is the next possession actually um they score they kick a field goal so it's seven three and um yeah he completes this pass that i'm about to show but it's it's not a great ball um and debo has a step and if this thing's you know in stride it could be a different story on this play only be in this offense the last three weeks four weeks Loading here to Debo, secures it before he... 
Only be in this offense the last three weeks, four weeks. Floating here to Debo secures it before. You know, it's not, you know, the worst thing in the world, but uh, it's a completion for like 30 yards. Okay. But it's just, you know, the ball's a bit wobbly. It's, it's a bit thrown to his left. It's, it's not on the money uh, necessarily. There's just another thing that, that could have, you know, that could have gone for 50, 60 yards, maybe even a touchdown. Um, you know, it's just opportunities that you see in a game when you look back and you're like, damn, we could have probably put this thing to bed early. Who knows? We get a little bit later in the game now. It, it's just a compilation of Jimmy fucking up. So, head coaches on Sunday Night Football. Garoppolo from the 11. That ball is behind Ayuk. He's he's open. It's a pass that Jimmy usually hits. He just misses it. Um, head coaches on Sunday Night Football. Garoppolo from the 11. You know, those are drive starters, too. You know, that's first and 10 from your own 10. That's a drive starter. You get out to the 25, get some momentum, get some rhythm, and you're missing it. And it's tough. Suddenly, second and 10, then Kyle Shannon calls for the run play that gets automatically one yard, and it's third and nine. So, I mean, we were lucky to go into halftime. with seven to three. Defense played so well. They were lucky to be down seven to three, quite frankly. Um, you know, we come out first possession of the second half that we have. We get immediately three and out, and then we get the ball. We get it to the 50. And then this. You could see Garoppolo was yep. moving, and maybe the snap just a fraction late. Garoppolo had his. So that's tough. It looks like the snap was a tiny bit late, maybe. And uh, he had already, you know, he was already moving backwards, anticipating the ball to already be coming out. Um, obviously, football is, you know, split second needs to be perfect, exact. Um, you know, the ball, the snap's not bad, though. It's not like he hits his, the, the center hits his. It's his own leg or his own butt or whatever, and the ball is – it's its there. Jimmy should have a handle on that. And then, you know, he has a clear chance to recover it and doesn't. It's just a big – it's a momentum killer. You know, it didn't actually lead to any points for the Broncos, so we got a punt almost immediately. But um, it's just tough. You know, you're at the 50. It's first down. You just got you just come, came off a couple first downs. It's a decent drive looking. It, it hurts. Um, Jimmy's had some trouble handling snaps in the past. Um, not always his fault, but there's been some issues. And, you know, it's a rookie center, I believe. And um, just another frustrating mistake in a game full of them. Then here we go. The moment that lives in infamy that will, that lives in time. Here we go. Edge with Chubb and with Gregory. Second and 10 from his own end zone. Garoppolo's out of the end zone. It's a safety. Remember, Dan Orlovsky did that. Stepped up. Now, some people are saying it's genius because he would have thrown a pick six there. Um, well, yeah, sure. Um, better than a pick six, no doubt. Getting a safety there, uh, for sure. But um, it's still really, it's a sad looking play. It's, it's a little pathetic. Um, I love Jimmy to death. I know I'm being really, really hard on my man right now, but you got to be fair, you know, to both sides here. I'm not going to come here and defend him and sugarcoat it when it's, you know, the worst performance I've seen from him in a long time or ever got to watch it again. It's just, it's just that, that, that kind of play. Edge with Chubb and with Gregory. Second and 10 from his own end zone. Garoppolo's out of the end zone. It's a safety. Remember Dan Orlovsky did that. Stepped up. That's the exact face I made.
during the game when it happened. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what? No, no. No, Jimmy. But it happened. So it's seven to five. It's fine, you know? Whatever. The defense is playing so well. Yeah. Once that happens, though, you kind of get a bad feeling about the game. You're like, oh, shit. That wasn't good. So that's another really bad play. Um, you know, it's seven to five now. We punt it to them, or we, you know, we do a kickoff um, after the safety. We get a stop. Defense does their job again. Still seven to five. And here we go. Another another drive and another bad pass. 18. Garoppolo looking across, and it's incomplete. He has him. I mean, uh, it's third and ten there. I'm not sure if the graphic was wrong uh, the mar- on the screen the uh, for the, the NBC graphic. It looks like that throw goes about 20 yards, and it, and it says the yellow lines. It wasn't quite to the yellow line. Um, so I think the yardage might have been wrong. I'm not sure if it was third and ten. Anyway, it's a hittable pass. Ayuk is open. He just, just underthrows it. Um, the pass is there. Ayuk catches it. Either we're short of the third, uh, the the line to gain, and we kick a field goal from about forty-five yards, which would be huge because you go up, you know, ten to five instead of seven to five. We're at midfield again. A lot of our drives stalled out at midfield. Um, just, let's check the pass one more time. It's just, it's just not on. It's just not on the money. Eighteen. Garoppolo looking across, and it's incomplete. Okay, third and 18. It's a, he had plenty of time there. He wasn't pressured, particularly. Um, just a critical error. You know, you don't you don't get... Um, I just want to make sure the score is what I said. 18. Yeah, okay, it was 7-5. Yeah, you don't get your three points. You don't get into, into field goal range. It's it's really tough. Um, that's a play that needs to be hit. And then it's fourth and one or fourth and two. You maybe can go for it. Um, Shanahan wouldn't, but he'd kick a field goal for sure. But... Um, it's just another chance to tack on some points, make it more difficult for a Broncos team that's you know has five points and only three of them are their own, really. Um, then we get here. I believe the score is going to be 10-5 at this point. I'm not entirely sure. I think so, though. Um, and it's just another bad pass on a play that would have been a first down. It's a really bad pass. Halfback option. It's a dream scenario, and Garoppolo just missed it. Just threw it behind him. He had it. Look at that thing coming out, all wobbly, awful, not tipped. I checked, not tipped. He wasn't hit. Just a total wobbler, a full two feet behind Debo. I mean, he has room to run. You hit him in stride, he's got room to run. That's a perfect little pick play they ran. Would have been first down and said the drive's over. And uh, Wilson goes down and scores the touchdown right after that. We're going to watch it one more time. It's just really bad. Halfback option. It's a dream scenario. And Garoppolo just missed it. Just threw it behind him. He had it. There is green grass out there. And that's a pass that Jimmy hits. That this this is these are the plays our offense is predicated on. I think this looked a lot worse than it did because of some of these plays not hitting. Um, hit a couple of these plays, you know, we get 20 points, 24 points, and the, the game is well in hand. And it's like, oh yeah, well, they made some mistakes, but they won this game. But we it's just like usually Jimmy will make a couple of those mistakes, but he made, you know, I'm showing I got 11 fucking videos here. Um so there were plenty of mistakes today, yesterday. And um, all right, so then the Broncos go down and score. Our defense finally, you know, breaks, which, you know, I'm not blaming them at all. 
you know, he only allowed one offensive touchdown to Russell Wilson for the whole game on like 13, 14 drives. I mean, you do your, you did your job. Um, I don't care who the quarterback is. You did your job. You only allow one touchdown the whole game. Um, so they go for two. They don't get it. It's 11 to 10. So we have a chance. You know, there's four minutes and change left. We have a chance for a redemption. Um, the drive starts off nice. Get a couple first downs. You get to about midfield. And then Jimmy just makes it, you know, just a really bad throw. A boneheaded decision. To get inside that for some plays. To the 48-yard line. Denver bringing four. Garoppolo protected in traffic. It's intercepted. Jonas Griffith on the deflection. Has it for Denver. Big one here for the Broncos. There's nobody to draw K1 Williams that way. So he's going to sneak this way, knowing that's where the three receivers are. It's his. The throw is actually not all that bad in terms of he was leading Debo well. He just doesn't see the safety there at all. And he throws it right to him. And the ball, it gets pretty unlucky. It gets popped right up in the air, right to the linebacker who picks it off. So it was unfortunate to go along with a bad decision. Um, Niners seem to be plagued by unlucky stuff too, like the ball popping up off the side of his arm up in the air for an interception. Seems to happen a lot to us. Maybe I'm just biased and miserable as a person or something. But it seems that we have a little bit of extra bad luck from time to time. I'm just watching football the last couple of years with this team, maybe the last decade, but, um, you know, it's a bad throw. He doesn't see the safety. Um, probably would have been a catch and nice first down if the safety's not there. Um, but still Debo's well covered. The the cornerback is draped all over him. Maybe not sure that should have been the read anyways, regardless of the safety help there. Safety makes a nice play. Unfortunately, it's our former player, Kwan Williams, who was great the last couple of years for us. Makes it hurt even more, rubs it in even further. But, um, you know, it's just life as a Niners fan. So there's a really bad decision. Um, so we actually get a stop. Use all our timeouts. Actually, I think we saved a timeout. Um, but we get a stop, get Denver off the field. Um, we get the ball one last time. They pin us pretty deep. We have a chance to make to right all these wrongs. You know, just win 13-11 to 11 on a walk-off field goal and go home happy. Forget, you know, burn the tape, you know, forget it happened, move on. Instead, the cherry on top. Yard sack, choosing not to use that last time out. Cost him about 15 seconds. Garoppolo just trying to get it out. Wilson has it on the run. Lost the football. Denver's got it. Jimmy actually makes a nice little ad-lib play here, a nice little dump off, draws the defenders, tosses it to Wilson. And then, you know, Great play by the, the Broncos guy to punch that ball out. Wilson, bad ball security. He looks like he's going for a first down there on second and 22. Get it to about the 25, 30-yard line. You know, still enough time left to get set up for a field goal, especially in mile high. We can really kick through that thin air. Um, one more time. Yard sack, choosing not to use that last time out. Cost him about 15 seconds. Garoppolo just trying to get it out. Wilson has it on the run. Lost the football. Denver's got it. So, yeah, just a pretty appropriate way for that sloppy-ass game to end, honestly. But, uh, you know, I've heard some people joking that Jimmy was just going to lose the game in some more terrible, awful way anyways. So I don't believe that. I think we actually probably, you know, go get that field goal. But I guess that's just the eternal Niners optimist in me that uh, if you look really deep down in here, that it does exist. Um, 
despite the tenor and tone of this of tonight's broadcast. Um, but yeah, that's just the way it ended. Uh, you know, unfortunate. Um, didn't give us a chance. I would have at least liked to see, you know, the chance, uh, you know, maybe a turnover on downs, you know, not a fumble that like that to lose the game. Um, the whole thing just sucked. It was, it was a tough, a tough game, as I've said about 1000 times tonight. All right. Well, that's all the video I have for you here. Um, next time I'll be sure to just, I'll just play the whole game. I won't even talk. I'll just play the whole game next time. Um, just, that'll be the podcast next week. Just a, just a condensed game, about 45 minutes of tape. I won't even say anything. I'll just say, I'll start do the intro. I'll say, hey, welcome Late Night Niners. Here's the game. Then the outro. And that'll be the show. But, you know, I wanted to make sure we did most of the game here tonight with video clips. Um, so, we're going to get to... Oh, not that. We're going to get to this. The next week preview. Time to be happy and positive. Time to pretend I'm a whole different guy now. And, you know, when I do the show, I'm Nikki Niners. But when I do this part, I'm Nikki Vegas. This is the gambling aspect of this program. So, yeah, we've got next week's game against the Rams, Monday Night Football, back-to-back primetime games. Hopefully this one goes better. Hopefully Jimmy balls out and we can put that you know, this last show and all the memories of week three to bed. Hopefully we can do that. So we got the Rams. They're coming in to, uh, I almost said Candlestick. Wow. They're coming into um, Santa Clara to Levi Stadium. Um, we're the home team, which is nice. We've been had a really good primetime home record uh, other than that Colts miserable game last year. But we've been really good at home in primetime lately. Um not sure that really matters, but so we get the line opening here. The Rams are two and a half point underdogs, which I was shocked. They've looked like, you know, kind of, kind of back to themselves the last two weeks after getting trounced by Buffalo week one. Um, so I was surprised to see us two and a half point favorites. I know we're the home team and, you know, home team usually gets upgraded three by three or four points. Um, but I thought this would be more of a pick. I actually thought we'd be underdogs by about two points, honestly. So I'm surprised at this line. Um, I guess they're kind of just throwing what they saw against the uh, the Broncos out the window, which, you know, Vegas doesn't have any emotions. They don't latch on to recency bias or what they just saw. They they have, you know, they have their formulas. So this is the line. They think that we're in good, decent shape against the Rams. We're favored. Um, over-unders 42 and a half, really low for the Rams who, uh, who can score points, but the Niners, I think they have a ton of faith in our defense. Vegas does. And not a lot of faith in our offense. That's what that line tells me. Uh, We haven't our highest over under through four weeks. It's been 43. So we've not gone over yet. All games have been under. This is extraordinarily low under though, um, for the Rams, like I said. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm supposed to give you a, you know, prediction and a gambling outlook here. It's really hard for me not to plug the Rams, you know, to win this game. Um, but that's a must win for us. I think we'll show up. I think our defense can be great. We we give we give Stafford a tough time. Obviously, you know the whole record: Shanahan versus McVay. He's six and one in the last seven games. The loss was the NFC Championship game. 
just absolute domination of McVay by Shanahan. Um, Jimmy seems to like playing the Rams for whatever reason, uh, but you know we don't have the same offensive line. We don't have that same dominant rushing game. We're pretty one-dimensional, um, and we're prone to mistakes. We're prone to errors. We're prone to throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball. Just dumb shit. It's really hard for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet the Rams. I'm gonna bet the Niners to win the game. But um, and I'm gonna keep it a small bet. Learn my lesson from the Denver game, where I dumped my entire Sunday profit all into the night game and ended up even on the day because the Niners lost. Um, I'm gonna keep this a small bet here. Um, I'm gonna plug you guys. You guys should go bet the Rams. I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, one team looks normal, and there's no tor- turmoil. The other team is the most turmoil team I've ever seen in my life. And we look all out of sorts. Um, just constant turmoil. Every week's a new story of new craziness. You know, I'm not going to get into that, but it's all, it's crazy. I, I, I'd go bet the Rams. I'm not going to, but you guys should. Over under 42 and a half. It's fucking low. Super low number. Rams are. You know, they, they can score. I mean, they all scored 10 week one. They scored 31 week two. And I think they had in the mid-20s against Arizona this week. Um, I don't know. what uh, Vegas probably thinks this game's going to be 20 to 17 San Francisco, it sounds like. Something like that. Um, I'm going to pick San Francisco 20 to 17. <laughs> I'm going to go with the under as well here. Um, under and the Niners to cover by half a point. Um, San Francisco 20 to 17. I just think we find that win that we absolutely need. I think we'll be pretty desperate. Um, or at least we should be. I mean, you got a chance to tie for the NFC West lead. You got a chance to get the tiebreaker over LA. You got a chance to kind of, you know, silence some of the critics and the doubters and, and, and the fans who are upset and, and just get the season a little bit back on track. Two and two is fine. It's a good jumping off points, whatever. You know, it'd be great to be two and one because then you could afford to lose this game and it wouldn't be the biggest deal in the world. But that's not the case. So it's one of the it feels it, you know, I, I don't want to say must win because, you know, it is what it is. Um, Seattle game was a must win for me because you don't want to go 0 2 to the Bears and Seahawks and get off to that kind of start. Uh, Broncos, you know, wasn't a must win, but it really would have been a great win. And this game, I'm not calling it a must win like I have before, but it's, it's it's a, it's a want to win. You really want to win this one. You really want to get back to 500. You really want to be tied for the division lead. Instead of being down two in the division and having not not having a tiebreaker against the Rams to start the year. So almost a must win. Next two, two games after that is, is uh, Falcons and Panthers. Two games that, you know, on paper you think we should win. Uh, we got the same record as both those teams right now. So nothing seems guaranteed in the NFL right now. Uh, every game seems like a toss-up. Haven't been a ton of teams killing other teams. And when it has been that way, it's almost like the underdogs killing the uh, scoring, you know, outscoring the the favorite by 20, uh, like that Jacksonville Chargers game from Sunday. Um, So, yeah, want to be two and two. You can be two and two going into those Falcons Panthers two games set there and feel good about yourself. Uh, Once week seven hits, the schedule becomes really, really difficult. It's like, Eight of the next nine games from week seven to like 15, week seven to 16, something like that. There are none of them on paper look like, you know, a check mark for a win. It, it's it, they all look like battles, like they're going to be difficult. You know, we play the rest of the AFC West, you know, 
we play, uh, I think we play, yeah, we play the Buccaneers in there too. Uh, schedule's not easy. We got the Rams twice in three or four weeks or two out of four weeks, I think the Rams. Cardinals coming up too. Um, love to get back on track. So go bet the Rams, um, but I'm going to bet San Francisco. All right, I don't really think I got much for you left here. I'm pretty spent. I've uh, I've talked a lot again. I've been very critical, but I'm still very positive for the season. I'm positive for Jimmy. Uh, I still believe in him. I still think he's a solid quarterback. I just think we saw a blip on the radar. I think we saw, you know, his floor, big time. Um, it's he'll get back to normal. He'll play some good games. We'll win some games. The hope for the season is not lost. That is certain. So, yeah, coming up on the EMQ brand, the podcast, the locker room, we've got tomorrow, EMQ University, our host bundles. Nick will be there. Um, He's got some buddies joining him. It's all about college football. They talk bets. They talk predictions. They talk uh, trends in college football. It's all very exciting. I would definitely watch that. It was a very good opening episode last week. EMQU Tuesday, I believe, probably around 7 or 8 tomorrow. Wednesday or Thursday, it's kind of up in the air, usually is. Pat Stand, Pat's Stands, Inc. It's a Patriots, New England Patriots show. Uh, my co-host from our main show, um, do that one. It's a great show. They'll be talking about, they'll have a lot to talk about. Mac Jones injury, the loss to Baltimore. Uh, could be similar to this within the tone um, with negativity or a bad outlook. Um, I have a feeling it'll be fun regardless which way they go with that. Um, so ch- check, check that out. PSI Pat stands Inc. Thursday EMQ bets. We'll be previewing the dolphins Bengals game. That's a good one. Going to be a great game. Got the three, no dolphins against the, uh, Defending AFC champion Bengals. Bengals need a win to get to two and two. Miami wants to stay undefeated. That should be a great game. We're going to preview that gambling uh, from a gambling perspective. Talk about the game. So EMQ bets. That'll be six o'clock on Thursday. On Friday, Friday night flight with the Jets. Um, our, our host, uh, the main the main guy who runs this whole locker room, Big Tone, Big Spags. He'll do Friday night flight. They'll be talking about the bloodbath against the Bengals that they lost. The uh, it's a, it's a roller coaster for the Jets. It's positive to start the year. After week one, it's skies falling. Then they beat the Browns on a miracle. Oh, my God, we're back. We're going to win. You know, we're going to playoffs. And then now, you know, now it's back to reality. We're the Jets. We just lost by 1,000 to the Bengals and looked awful doing it. So they'll be talking about a lot of stuff on Friday Night Flight. Zach Wilson might return. Exciting show. So tune into that on Friday. Saturday's our main show. We'll do the week four preview Talk about all the biggest games on Saturday or on Sunday. Well, we'll be talking on Saturday, but about the games that will take place on Sunday. So that's our regular EMQ podcast. Always fun, always exciting. Um, we like to uh, like to give each other a hard time on that one, so it's entertaining. And then Sunday, the Sunday slate. It's also a gambling show. It doesn't stack up to EMQ bets in terms of quality or. Uh, record from the guys making the bets the performance of the hosts does not stack up but that's a gambling show it's part of our brand uh sunday slate i'm i gotta plug it it's just part of the deal i don't have a choice um so yeah that's what we got coming up you know it's exciting the brand's always having a good time 
So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching Late Night Niners. I don't know if I was too angry or, you know, negative tonight, but I still love this team, and I still think this team's going places. I still believe in our quarterback. And, no, we're not starting Brock Purdy next week. Thank you, though, for the comment. Have a good night.